It's Tuesday, January the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, American troops readied for Ukraine and volatility on Wall Street. First, the world in brief. The Pentagon put 8,500 troops in America on alert to deploy to Eastern Europe amid Russian threats against Ukraine. Quote, no missions have been assigned. This is really about getting folks ready, said an army spokesperson. Earlier, the Secretary General of NATO said the alliance would take, quote, all necessary measures to protect its members in case of a Russian attack. Stock markets in America mounted an impressive comeback on Monday. After precipitous slides as investors braced for monetary tightening, the largest indices all closed higher. The S&P 500, which had entered correction territory earlier in the trading session, finished the day up by 0.3%. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite, at one point down by nearly 5%, turned positive, gaining 0.6%. The army in Burkina Faso said it had suspended the constitution, closed international borders and ousted the president, Roch Gabor, hours after detaining him. A statement announcing the coup was read on television and signed by Poulon-Ri Sandarogu Damiba, a senior army officer. Mr. Kabor had faced mounting criticism about his government's failure to combat attacks by Islamist insurgents. South Korea's economy grew by 4% in 2021, the fastest pace of expansion in 11 years. Growth was driven by greater exports, and construction activity which more than made up for the slow recovery in the COVID-hit services sectors. The South Korean Central Bank expects exports to continue to power growth in 2022. Meanwhile, COVID-19 cases surged in South Korea ahead of the Lunar New Year. More than 8,000 were reported on Tuesday, a record. Authorities are concerned that infections will spread even faster during the holiday. Japan prepared to extend COVID-19 restrictions to most of the country, while China eased testing requirements for participants at the Beijing Winter Olympics after dozens tested positive. Unilever plans to cut thousands of jobs around the world as part of a wider restructuring to become more competitive, according to reports. The consumer goods giant is under pressure from investors to accelerate growth. On Monday, Tryan Partners, an activist hedge fund, secured an unspecified stake in the company, immediately boosting its share price. The United Arab Emirates intercepted two missiles fired into Abu Dhabi by Houthi rebels in Yemen. The UAE is part of a coalition led by Saudi Arabia, which supports Yemen's government against the rebels, who are backed by Iran. Last week, a drone attack killed three people in Abu Dhabi. On Friday alone, Coalition airstrikes killed more than 60 Yemenis. And fact of the day, 2.5%. Roughly how much GDP in selected middle and high-income countries is below its pre-pandemic trend. And now, here's today's agenda. Brinkmanship over Ukraine. Tensions are quickly escalating amid Russia's military build-up near Ukraine. On Monday, 
the Pentagon put 8,500 troops in America on alert to deploy to Eastern Europe. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, warned that the size and disposition of Russian forces indicated a, quote, plan for a lightning war that could take out Kyiv. That was no idle speculation. On Saturday, Mr Johnson's government said it had intelligence indicating that Russia was preparing to install Yevhen Marayev, a former lawmaker, as Ukraine's president in the aftermath of any invasion. It added that Russian spies had been in touch with four other Ukrainian politicians too. Yet not everyone is convinced that a big war is in the offing. Ukrainian officials, eager to avoid panic, have played down the threat. A French official also accused Britain and America of, quote, alarmism over the situation. Quote, we see the same number of trucks, tanks, troops, he warned, but we cannot deduce from this that an offensive is imminent. Tightening at the Fed America's Federal Reserve is about to turn hawkish in order to bring inflation under control. The question is, how hawkish? A meeting of its rate-setting committee, which starts on Tuesday, should yield important insights. The Fed's monetary tightening will come in two parts. First, it is set to start raising interest rates in March. Projections by committee members, published at the meeting's conclusion, will make clear whether they expect to follow the rate increase in March, with two or three more later this year. This will be followed by, quote, quantitative tightening, a reduction in the assets that the Fed purchased at the height of the pandemic. Some economists think that Jerome Powell, the Fed's chairman, will signal an aggressive contraction plan for its balance sheet. Investors are not waiting around. They have been selling off stocks and bonds in recent weeks, aware that a hawk is circling overhead. Tedros prepares for WHO re-election There is little doubt who will be elected to lead the World Health Organization through to 2027. Tedros Ghebreyesus, the current chief whose term expires this year, is standing unopposed. At a presentation to UN member states on Tuesday, he will outline his vision for a second term as Director General. A swift vote is expected thereafter. The uncontested election is perhaps a sign that no one else dares to take the reins as the pandemic enters its third year. Beyond that, however, Dr Tedros remains a popular figure. Elected in 2017, he has consistently broken new ground at the WHO. He is the first African to lead the organisation since it was founded in 1948 and the first candidate to be nominated by more than two dozen countries. Despite criticism that the WHO reacted too slowly to COVID-19 in early 2020, Dr Tedros won admiration for raising the prominence of vaccine equity and his handling of previous outbreaks, such as Ebola. He remains a reassuring figure among much uncertainty. Still short of semiconductors Investors are eagerly awaiting this week's earnings from chipmakers, starting with Texas Instruments. The semiconductor maker's share price has underperformed the broader market over the past year, 
up roughly 2% against the S&P 500's 14% growth. The firm has struggled to meet surging demand for its analogue chips amid global supply chain disruptions. Tech giants, including Apple, have blamed Texas Instruments for product shortages. Tuesday's earnings report, as well as filings later this week from semiconductor manufacturers such as Intel and Samsung, will probably confirm that chips will remain in short supply for some time. Texas Instruments will begin construction of three new facilities in 2022 to expand production. Intel announced last week it would invest $20 billion in a new manufacturing site in Ohio. The firms are hoping that increased capacity will boost revenues and, perhaps, share prices. The Rise of Neymar A Footballer for Our Time The star forward has a lot in common with his compatriot and role model, Pele. They are the Brazilian national team's two highest scorers, Neymar trails by only seven goals. They both had footballers for fathers, grew up playing futsal, a miniature version of the game, and played for Santos, a club in the city of that name. But what distinguishes the two players, as Pele himself suggested, is temperament. Neymar is as notorious for his tantrums as his skills. Neymar, The Perfect Chaos, a three-part docuseries on Netflix, explores the duality. On the one hand, Neymar is a sublime attacker, able to humiliate defenders with a sudden feint or a moment of technical wizardry. A clutch of famous footballers, including Lionel Messi, attest to his brilliance. On the other hand, as some confirm, he is petulant and obsessed with celebrity and money. In the documentary, Neymar's father and advisor observes that, quote, it's not easy to manage him. Quite. Winter Quiz, Week 7 The battle with our baristas grinds on. As in previous weeks, We'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. Which US city is located next to Puget Sound? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Virginia Woolf, who was born on this day in 1882. I would venture to guess that a non who wrote so many poems without signing them was often a woman. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 